the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Good morning, Revival Life Church. It's, it's so great to be here with you today. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know that I'm loving this. I really wish we could be in a room together. Uh, again, I'm so happy that we can do this, that we can still have church together in spite of it. I hope you're uh, being active in our small groups online. I am. My, mine is mine's probably the best, uh, but yours is probably good, too. Uh, so you should be active in one. Um, and uh, I want to talk to you today about the spirit of truth. We're in our message series, The Road to the Comforter. And, uh, you know, what, what we're all about, what, what the church is about, what Revival Life Church is about, is about making Jesus known. Making Jesus known. This is the key to why we gather. This is why we're here. This is, this is, this is why we've given our lives to this thing called the church. We want to make Jesus known. And, and to do this, Jesus had to be specific on his mission. He had to be focused on what God had sent him to do and, and why he was here. And if we are going to be on the mission that Jesus sent us on, we have to do the same thing. We, we, we have to, we have to uh, follow what Jesus had prepared for us. Now, follow me here today because this is going to get pretty exciting. Uh, we're going to lay down some theological framework and then it's going to pick up. It's pretty good. Jesus had to make a way for us to be on this mission. He had to get us out of our own way. Uh, he had to get the, the sinful, the, the carnal. He had to get our thoughts and plans out of our way so we could fulfill the mission that he has sent us on. Now, Last week, we talked about the difference between condemnation and conviction. We talked about you being the real you. And I really hope you got something out of that. I, I hope that you maybe began a journey of discovering the real you. I, I hope maybe I can encourage you to kick out the box that maybe you have thought that you fit inside of with your life. I hope maybe I have given you a little courage to explore maybe what God has for you in this life greater than what you thought on your own. And we talked last week about being the real us that God created us to be. Now, I want that to be liberating, but at the same point, I want it to be an act of surrender. We need to Surrender to what God created us for. Instead of always dreaming up what we think would be a better version of us, we need to recognize that God knew what he was doing when he created us. And we need to be the best us that we can be. And so we talked about instead of asking God, what's wrong with me? Uh, we're supposed to ask God, if you remember these three questions, what is the most beautiful version of me? What do I look like when I'm at my best? And what am I doing when I'm most helpful? Now, listen, 
If you didn't get along with God, chances are you answered these questions by looking at what you think is wrong with you and how you would look if those things were out of the equation. And this is not how God looks at you. He created you with a purpose. He created you on purpose. He created you with a plan. He created you the way he wanted you to be. And the most beautiful version of you is you yielding to God's plan for your life. Not you uh, reconstructing what you think you should be. You allowing God to be who you're supposed to be. I'm going to pause. If you can clip this out, I just don't know if I actually hit record. I did. I was so nervous about that the whole time. Now I don't have to think about it anymore. So if you could cut this part out, that would be awesome. To answer these questions really effectively, we have to renew our minds. We need to be thinking with the mind of God. We have to allow the Spirit of God to come in and cleanse how we think. Now, again, for so long, the church in America has seemed pretty intent on telling people what to think. And at Revival Life, we want to encourage people in a healthy way how to think. We feel like the Spirit of God in your life can help you come up with God answers. We don't need to tell you what to think because we're all created a little differently. We do want to help you uh, come up with how to think with God's mind. Now, you were created in the image of God, the Bible tells us. You were created in the image of God. Now, this happened way before you got saved. This didn't just start to happen after you got redeemed, after you recognized Jesus as your Savior. You were already created in His image. Do you believe that, friend? Do you accept this fact for your life, that you were created in His image before you could ever do anything for Him? With that in mind, these three questions, that I was created in His image, I wasn't created faulty, I wasn't created broken. I was actually created with a purpose. I was created with a promise. I was created with a hope. And as you go to answer these questions, you know you're hearing from God when the answers further God's plans. You know that you've seen the most beautiful version of yourself in the spirit when you see yourself adding value to other people. You know you see what you would look like when you're at your best when you are building other people up, you know that what you're doing when you're most helpful is a manifestation of your greatest gift, whether you accept it or not. It's who you're created to be, and it's who God wanted you to be. Here's a thought that I want you to think about, and I believe this will set some people free. You can really fully realize who you are when you realize you're not in competition with anyone. Hear me. The American dream says you need to be above someone else. The, the, our culture says that you can't let anybody outshine you. When you recognize that you're not in competition with anyone, God has plenty of blessings to go around. There's plenty of grace to pour out on all of us. We're just not in competition. When we get that in our head, then we can spend our lives building other people up without worrying how it affects our lives in a negative way. We have to realize that our 
Father moved heaven and earth so that His Spirit could live on the inside of us so that we could display the kingdom of God on earth. He moved everything so that we could have the Spirit live in us so we can manifest the kingdom. This is part of all of our purpose. We don't have to be someone else. We don't have to look like someone else. See, this is a New Testament concept. In the Old Covenant, people didn't have a concept, an inbred concept of needing God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. They didn't have this conviction alive in them. They had to have the law. And all they had was the law, the Bible tells us, to teach us that we can't fulfill God's purposes on our own. The law was a teacher to show us no matter how hard we work, no matter how much we try to change ourselves, we can't get it right on our own. We can't do it without God. Hear me. We need a Savior. We, 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 we can't save ourselves. And the Savior didn't come for carnal things for you, friend. He didn't come for natural things. He came for God's purposes. You were created for God's purposes. You were redeemed for God's purposes. I, I, um, I know this probably isn't part of God's purpose, but I've been watching a fair amount of Netflix here. I know when we came into this whole coronavirus thing and we talked about all we were going to accomplish in this season, we were all going to be, you know, in great shape and we were going to repaint our whole houses and uh, we were going to drop all of our bad habits and start all our new habits and read 19 books. And uh, yeah, I've watched a fair amount of Netflix. Uh, that's, that's, I've accomplished that on some level uh, in this season. And uh, I don't, have, you, have you seen this series, uh, Waco, on, on Netflix? Uh, and, and if you were around, if you remember this, if you're around my age, you probably remember when this happened. This David Koresh, not his real name, uh, became the leader of these people called the Branch Davidians. You remember this? They were an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventists. And, and if you don't listen to anything else about this story, David Koresh was a whack job, all right? The, the, he, things were not, I mean, he was devilishly clever. You know you're in a cult when the leader in this, this is a, this is a cult pattern. All of a sudden, the leader thinks he needs to start taking every woman in the, in, the, in, the, in the group as one of his wives. You might be in a cult, right? Red flag. So if you ever join a group and they tell you that your wife should be their wife or your daughter should be their wife, skedaddle, right? Time to run. And so here's what he did. He, uh, he had like all the, this Bible memorized, and, and he loved the book of Revelation, Whack jobs love the book of Revelation because it's not cut and dry. And so it's easy to come up with your own interpretation. You know, these end time guys, any, any moment now. And, uh, and so David Koresh said, you know, he really focused on the book of Revelation and the seven seals and the fifth seal had been opened and only he had the revelation. And, 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 and to him, these seven seals in the book of Revelation were the center of everything and he had special insight to what it meant. Only he could interpret them. Now, I need you to see this. This is how these kind of false or fringe 
or outright cultic Christian groups work is they distract you from the main point of Christianity. Jesus Christ came to redeem men and women. He came so that we can have a relationship with Father God. We can receive the Spirit of God and have a personal relationship. This is why Jesus came. He didn't come for you to be a, 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 a book of Revelation revelator. He, he didn't come so that you would keep one day that you don't do any work. He didn't come for all these fringe reasons. Hear me. He didn't even come that you would speak in tongues. He didn't come for any of these side things. He didn't come so that you would invite everybody you know to church. He came so that you could be the church, right? This is why Jesus came. And when churches start to deviate from this, they've gone from the spirit to carnality. And it's so easy to do. A little easier to spot when it's a whack job. You know, this was in 1993, and if you remember, uh, they really messed up the raid. The whole compound got burnt down. It was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty ugly. But, you know, the church constantly has these distractions coming. Us charismatics, I mean, we're as guilty as anyone of getting distracted from the main thing. I mean, even recent history on the blood moons or current conspiracy theories, or even the prosperity movement, or e even other things that God gives can actually distract us from God. Now, I want to quickly, in my few remaining moments, walk you through some scripture in John 13. Excuse me, in the book of John. And, uh, and, and I want to kind of run you through this because I've already gone too long on my introduction here. So I got about 10 minutes left, so stick with me if you would. You ready? Okay, John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus says this, a new commandment. Everybody say commandment. commandment. Commandment I give to you. Now, Jesus is God and he just gave you a commandment. That means that's what we're supposed to do. So a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. They wanted commandments. They wanted rules. Jesus is like, cool, I have one for you. Love one another. This is not a suggestion. It's not a philosophy. It's not a religion. It's a commandment from the living God. Love one another. It's, it's not optional. And then he says in verse 35, watch this. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus connects our relationship with God with how we treat other people. We can't be nasty to other people and fulfill this commandment. We can't mock other people who may not be at the same faith levels we are and fulfill this commandment. We can't love God and not love people. When you're in traffic and it's moving too slowly, we can't scream at the people in traffic and at the same time love God. It's how we treat people. We can't judge people who have different opinions in us. We can't judge people and be mean to people who have different interpretations of the scriptures than we do. We still have to allow Holy Spirit to flow through us in love. That's the point of it. He saved us for his purposes. Watch this. This is John 13. Let's skip ahead. John 14. Jesus says this. If, everybody say if, yes. if you love me, you will keep my 
commandments. Now, I have heard these commandments mean all kinds of stuff. So if you've ever sinned in your life, you don't really love God. But Jesus already told us what the commandments are. To love God and love one another. These are the commandments that Jesus gave us. You will keep my commandments, the commandments that Jesus gave. And he gave us commandments. We don't have to guess what those are. This isn't, you know, if you love me, if you'd stop being angry, then I know you love me. This isn't, if you don't do these things, then you don't love me. No, no, no. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. This is super important. I'll ask my Father and he'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So Jesus says, keep my commandments And then I know you love me. You love me, you'll keep my commandments. But we learned that you can't do this on your own. Jesus says, so I'll ask the Father and I'll give you a helper. Helper is a really kind of a bad word here for the translation. I don't don't love it. Uh, The word for for helper here is parakletos. Uh, It's Greek. It means, uh, it it, it doesn't mean like he's going to give us a wrench, right? It's not mean like he's going to give us a screwdriver, like Holy Spirit is some sort of tool it's, it's, it's better translated an advocate uh, who gives us the ability to do what we could not do on our own. It's a connection with the Father that gives us an ability to do what we couldn't do on our own. The parakletos, the helper. He's not just there as our assistant. He's actually the empowerment of fulfilling God's will in our life. Jesus said, if you love me, You'll keep my commandments. I will send you an empowerment that will be before the Father, that will connect you and give you the power to do the will of the Father. Are you you seeing this? I hope you are. He says in verse 17, moving on, this parakletos is the spirit of truth whom the world could not receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Here's what he's saying. I expect you to give your life to me. This is Jesus. I expect you to surrender your life to me. And when you surrender your life to me, you'll surrender your will to me. And when you truly lay down your life and you surrender to me, you will love me in a way you could not do it on your own. Because I will send my spirit to live on the inside of you and it will empower you to love in a way that's beyond your natural capacity. You'll love in such a way that it'll look like to other people, this has to be God. And they'll be convinced that you know him. This is what Jesus is telling us. He didn't say that I'm going to die on a cross so you can go fight for your rights. That you can yell tyranny at the moment someone suggests that we limit our freedom for other people's benefit. This isn't what Jesus said. We actually gave up our rights on the cross. We need to surrender to the work of Holy Spirit. We need to trust that God is working all things together for good. Uh, This week, uh, my, my wife's grandmother passed away. And uh, Grandmommy was 94, and uh, we've talked about her before. She loved Jesus. So uh, she, she 
was a, a ripe age, um, lived a full life as an amazing, uh, what are we going to do, the third generation after her of people who know and love Jesus. It's such a, such a, a wonderful testimony of her faithfulness. But here's what's really exciting to me. On, uh, I believe, Tuesday was her birthday. Or, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday was her birthday of this week. And my wife, uh, her granddaughter, felt this prompting and just felt in her spirit, yeah, we want to throw a birthday party for grandmommy. Grandmommy is in, was in a nursing home in Long Island. And as you may know, the nursing homes there are on lockdown because coronavirus has swept through and she had actually had a, a lung impairment a couple weeks ago, and we don't know if it was coronavirus or not. Um, they didn't want to do the test because it's so uncomfortable. But, uh, but my wife wanted to give, have a little birthday party for her on her 94th birthday. And so she arranged all the extended family to do a Zoom meeting with grandmommy. And there are over 20 people on this big video chat. And uh, they brought grandmommy in and the whole family got together saying happy birthday to her to the limit that you can on a Zoom chat. You know how ridiculous that sounds. And uh, they all wished her a happy birthday. And that night she went home to be with the Lord. I, I don't, I don't, that's beautiful. Only Holy Spirit could orchestrate that. Only our loving God can orchestrate that. It, it, You know, we're sad that she's gone, but we know that she's with Jesus. We know to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And Paul said that believing that is walking by faith and not by sight. This is what we need to do in this walk. We need to walk by faith and not by sight, knowing that even things like a Zoom video conference is being orchestrated by Holy Spirit when we surrender to Him. Watch this. John chapter 15 Verse 26, again, Jesus says, when the parakletos, Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is, watch this, watch what he calls him now, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me and you will testify also because you have seen, you have been with me from the beginning. Look, there's this connection again. If you're really connected to God by the Spirit, you'll see it by being connected to other people. I will testify, or you will he will testify about me. You will testify about me. There's this connection between how we treat other people and how God relates to us. This is the true God. People are making up facts in this day and age. And what grieves my spirit, what grieves my heart in this day and age is you don't know who to trust because there's no true conviction of Holy Spirit in this nation. People have no problem insulting one another. They have no problem dehumanizing people because of their political affiliation. They have no problem valuing certain lives less than other lives based on skin color, based on religion. This, my friends, is why we need revival. This is why we need a move of the Spirit of God so that the Spirit of truth can move through this land. People are lying on TV about what's going on with the virus, and we don't know who to trust. That's because there's a lying spirit at work in our nation. Because the church would rather fight for its rights, 
for its power than surrender to the Spirit of God. It grieves my heart. And here's the question we need to ask ourselves. Do we want an ideology or do we want the truth? Are we looking for an ideology, a people group, or are we looking for the truth? Jesus Christ. Are we looking for the right flag to wave or are we looking for the right Savior to praise? This is what we got to figure out. An ideology is a system of ideas, specifically one that forms the basis of economic or political theory or policy. That's an ideology. The truth comes from the Spirit of God. The truth is the conviction of the Holy Spirit of who said he would testify about Jesus. This is the spirit that Jesus Christ laid his life down so that he could live on the inside of us. Truth. It matters to God. It matters to God. Lies matter to God. We need the Holy Ghost in this nation. How, how do we find this truth? How do we find what God is really saying in our lives? How do we know what Jesus is really saying through his spirit in the earth today? It was an easy question. Is what I'm hearing sound like Jesus? This is why we read the Bible, so we can be familiar with the words of Jesus. Look here in John chapter 16. But when he, again, watch this, the spirit of truth, talking about the parakletos, Holy Spirit, He'll guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Listen, friend, we need to know what is to come because I'm going to sound a little negative here, but the prophets didn't have any idea what was coming. We need some folks who would lay down their lives for the truth, even if it conflicts with their ideology. That's what Jesus challenged his disciples, when he walked the earth physically, and this is what he's challenging his disciples with today. Will you lay down your ideology for the truth? Whether you are a blue dog Democrat, whether you are a right-wing red Republican, will you lay down your ideology for the truth? If Jesus asked you to, would you? Because today he is. He's asking you, to run for the truth. We need to pray in the Spirit, friend. We need to pray in tongues and we need to let the Spirit bubble up on the inside of us. Watch this. Here's Jesus' promise when we do this. John chapter 16, verse 23. He says, In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name and ask and you will receive. Watch this that your joy may be made full. Real joy comes from knowing God. Real joy comes from knowing God. You can't get enough money in the bank to have real joy. You can't have enough degrees. You can't be successful enough. You got to know Jesus. You got to be yielded to the spirit of truth. You got to give up your rights. You got to lay down your life for one another. Further in John chapter 17, we see Jesus praying. If you want to know somebody, pray with them. If you're uh, engaged, if you're looking to get married, um, if you're newly married, I really encourage you to pray together. Oftentimes when people get engaged, like one person is shy because they're afraid to 
you got you to you gotta stomp that out. You have to pray together. That's the only way you really know people is to pray together. Engage God together. You can hear your heart with God. God can hear what's going on internally. You can hear one another. That's where true intimacy comes. Some of you are in a marriage where one of you is maybe a little more running after God than the other. When you go to bed at night, just grab your mate's hand and just start with thankfulness. Begin to thank God for the people in your lives, for family, and just ask that they would stay healthy and safe and see if that doesn't grow over time. Thankfulness always brings the Spirit of God. But I would encourage you, pray together. Every night, my wife and I, before we go to sleep, we hold hands, we pray for you, we pray for our kids, we ask the Lord to send His angels to encamp around our yard, the four corners of our property. We declare the blood of Jesus over our home. Uh, we, we intercede for the specific prayer needs that we know about. Uh, we do it every night, and, uh, and it just it keeps us close. Now, of course, we try to talk more than that, but, you know, if nothing else, that. So we see in John 17, uh, Jesus invites us into his prayer time. And he prays that we would be one. That we would be looking out for one another, not just out for ourselves. This is the love of God. This is what God wants for your life. It's what he wants for my life. It's what he wants for South Florida here in the middle of coronavirus. God wants to empower you to love in a way you never have loved before. To love your spouse, to love your kids, love your neighbor, love your enemy. Even me. Love me, right? This is what he's empowering you to do. Once we've been set aside, once we've been sanctified, made holy, remember we talked about this last week, consecrated to God, when, when Jesus has consecrated us, we say yes to Jesus, we get saved. The Holy Spirit moves from with us to in us. We become the dwelling place of God. Friend, this is your identity. This is who you are, the dwelling place of God. So that the Spirit of Jesus can manifest and you can do the things that He did. He transformed you from who you used to be into a new person. Just like he died, you're resurrected with him. Now that the spirit lives in you, you can yield to him. And to the extent you yield to him, he can begin to flow through you. The Bible says you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You could speak in new tongues. That you can know the mind of God. That you can understand and you can hear his voice and he can talk to you and you can hear about things that are going on and he'll give you special power to minister his love. Real quick, before I close, I was writing in my journal this week and I got a, a word that I believe he wanted me to share with you. He said, I'm filling the low places and building the high places. The tide is rising on your life. The wind is blowing. The spirit is taking control. Do not fear the waves. You will skip from white cap to white cap. The seas will not get calmer, but you will sail higher. You won't be fighting the waves. 
you will be fulfilling purpose. Allow the wind of the Spirit to carry you into this new season. Yield yourself. Allow the love of God to be your rudder. You don't have to fight for yourself. Be free to love. And that's our prayer for all of us today. We want you to yield yourself so that the love of God can live in you and through you and that you can hear from God and you can reject every thought that does not line up with his revealed nature. I want to invite you today to pray with me. And maybe you've never prayed to allow Jesus to come in and give you this new nature. Or maybe you have, but it's time for just a fresh feeling. Maybe it's time to surrender. Maybe you realize, man, I have been fighting for control when I've needed to surrender. If that's you today, then we're going to invite you to pray with us. If you pray with us for the first time, I would love for you to text us, RLC joined to 97,000. If you need us to pray for you, we're going to have our live prayer available one-on-one. You can get the link in the chat. And someone will contact you and have live chat with you and pray with you. But let's pray together right now. And you can just say this silently or repeat out loud. Just say, Father, I, I, I have tried to control my own life. Then I ask you to forgive me. Today, I lay down my life to you. I give it to you as a free gift. As you give me life as a free gift. I ask you to wash me clean. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Fill me with your spirit, ha, ha, and make me new. Wow, wow, wow. Give me joy unspeakable in full of glory, and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel an outpouring happening right now uh, in me, and I believe there's some people right now that the Spirit of God is moving in your home right now, and I want to encourage you to yield to it right here in right now. At the end of this, I'm going to put on, uh, we're going to have Lillian sing over you a little bit. So go ahead and just receive that, but get out your journal. Let God speak to you about who you really are. Enter into this love and live a joyful Christian life. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Uh, If you need anything, go ahead and, and text us on the text line or hit us up in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, From my wife and uh, the Paganos and the Rentlers and all of us here at Revival Life Church, thanks for joining us. And uh, we just pray you have an amazing week. We'll see you in your small group online. God bless you. Woo! Finny?